What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, my A1 since day one, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show wherever you're listening to us. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we're changing things up a bit as we got some new segments and one that is making its return. First in our three in the key segment, Tyler and I will discuss LaMelo Ball's injury, Blake Griffin's debut for the Nets, and Houston snapping their 20-game losing streak earlier this week. In our Lake Show Lowdown segment, we'll discuss the impact of the injury LeBron James suffered over the weekend and who needs to step up for the Lakers in his absence. The NFL two-minute drill makes its return as well, so Tyler and I will discuss the Patriots' major offseason so far, and we'll also check in with what the Rams and Seahawks have done in free agency. All this and more on episode 187 of the TSK Show, coming up right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 187 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me, as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How you living, man? Good, man. Good. I'm excited. Uh, Saturday, UFC, UFC 260. We got the bout for the baddest man on the planet. You know, it's it's always a good one. Got Stipe and Francis Ngannou too. Uh, obviously for the for the belt. Um, and you know, if if Francis wins, I think we'll get a trilogy. So that's going to be cool. The second fight is really my favorite: Woodley versus Luke. Um, Woodley's kind of a, a shell of the guy he used to be, former belt holder. Uh, he's lost three in a row. So I look for Luke to, uh, you know, advance his career by getting a win on Woodley. And then we got the man, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley. I don't know if you've watched him. He's got the rainbow cornrows. Oh, yeah, uh, I know who he is. Almeida. Yep, and he's fighting Almeida, who is also a striker. Um, so that fight's both these guys are unranked, so that fight's big time as far as their careers go, and their bullets is going to stand up and, and smack each other. So I'm excited for this UFC card. So is that Saturday night? Saturday night, yep, ESPN Plus. Uh, but, you you know, you obviously have to pay. It's still a pay-per-view. Yep. Well, while you are watching UFC 260, I will be in the middle of my Passover Seder. It is Passover this weekend for uh, us Jews out there in the world. Uh, we get to celebrate our exodus from Egypt, so it's uh, always nice. And I'm I'm actually getting to go to my grandparents. We we passed over Passover last year, as as my grandma liked to say on the phone the other day to me, um, because of COVID. And but we we get to have it this year because my grandparents got uh they're fully vaccinated. I'm half vaccinated. Uh, I get my second shot uh, on April sixth, 
So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, my parents and my sister don't have theirs yet, but they've been very good about uh, being socially distant and, and all of that stuff. So we're we're excited to to go down to my grandparents this weekend yeah. for for Passover. The families can start start slowly getting back together now. It's nice. I mean, for for most people, the elderly have been vaccinated, which was the big concern. So that'll be fun. Yeah, and then I also saw uh, a couple NBA teams uh, have been vaccinated, and uh, I believe it's the Pelicans and the Hawks and the Trailblazers. Uh, at least portions, or if not the entire team and staff and all of that, have been vaccinated. And uh, I saw a report today that supposedly the Lakers are figuring out ways to get vaccinated. So who knows what's going to happen with that? How does the NBA not like have a fully vaccinated league by now? You know, because they didn't want to cut the line, Tyler. Adam Silver said no, it. No, I, I no, I understand, and that's noble and all, but it's just it is kind of weird to me that like Dude, professional athletes that. Like, you, you know, like, it's that's, a, like, a very noble thing for, like, Adam Silver to do. But, like, how do the dudes playing that are constantly, Yeah. I mean, hey, know, there's been players exposed, that have said, there's been know. players that have said they don't, they don't want to get vaccinated, but that's a whole other topic that no, we don't need to get no, into. And, yeah, <laughs> and the, yeah, and the, and the league is full of, you know, individuals. So, everybody's right. going to think differently. But right. regardless, it's good news that they're getting, getting it on track. Yes. Uh, but we got a bunch of NBA hoops to talk about tonight. Uh, there's a lot going on. It, it, it's trade deadline season. But before all of that, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by J Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539. Or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 020 Six eight three one one. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Five seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. We got a new segment, Tyler. Yep. It's so it's always good to mix it up. Yes, and we've uh, we've been talking about changing things up on the show, uh, trying to figure out new things uh, to try out and all of that, different ways to talk about what we what we love to talk about. And uh, we came up with this three in the key segment, and uh, you'll see later on uh, kind of where it got, uh, where the segment got its uh, inspiration from uh, later on when a, when a segment in, in football makes its return. But uh, the NBA three in the key is basically we're just going to be talking about the major headlines going on in the NBA. And so – First off, right off the bat, uh, number one out of three. And Tyler, I am going to be working on some sort of intro music for this segment. I've, I've been trying to think of ways to to figure out something because uh, you got to like, get a soundbite of a ref. Yeah, the key. Yep, yep. I'm, 
I've DeAndre been... Jordan dumbass cuts on him or something. <laughs> I just gotta. I don't know who's three. Who sits in the key? <laughs> yeah, no, I just gotta. I gotta dig through YouTube and and find something. But I I will. It's a it's on my list of to do. So, uh, but first off, number one, we got Lamelo Ball injuring his wrist, and uh, Shams Charania from the Athletic and Stadium reported yesterday on Tuesday. Uh, that LaMelo had surgery on his fractured right wrist. He will be reevaluated in four weeks, which means there is a slight chance that he comes back this season. Uh, the initial reports were that he was going to be out for the entire season, or, or the rest of the season, excuse me. Uh, but Shams is saying that he will be reevaluated in a month, and Charlotte will will take it from there. But, Tyler, what I want to know is... If he doesn't come back and he does miss the rest of the year, does LaMelo Ball have the rookie of the year locked up? You know, I I feel like he he should because he I clearly agree. I, I I don't think it was like anywhere near like close. You know what I mean? Like he clearly had it. Um I you know, it could be I feel like if one guy start, you know, if Anthony Edwards um, really takes off. Like, I don't think Halliburton or Quickly or any of these other guys are going to be able to do it. But if Anthony Edwards really took off, then maybe we could finally, you know, see one of those J. Kidd, Grant Hill, co-rookie of the year scenarios. But I feel like you, as the NBA has got to give it to him. Here's my thing. If Anthony Edwards hasn't been able to get Minnesota to have a better record than Houston – while Houston just was on a 20-game losing streak, and we'll talk about that in a, in a couple of minutes, I mean, it's clear-cut that LaMelo Ball is the rookie of the year, no matter if he steps on the court again yeah. this season. Like, yeah. Anthony it, Edwards just, is, yeah. is amazing. No, I, I, he's, he's doing his thing in Minnesota, but you also got to th- take into perspective that, like, Charlotte currently is going to have home court advantage in the playoffs if yeah. the playoffs were to end today or the playoffs were to start today. Like, yeah, no, for, for Minnesota no, for has sure. the worst and, record and Mel- in the league. Mellow's way, Mello is way above Anthony Edwards. But by the time the season's over, you know, the games played are going to, it's going to be a huge disparity. And, I, you know, I don't necessarily take winning into account as much with the rookie of the year because obviously the top rookies are on bad teams. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that, that just shows you, but, but, you know, LaMelo taking the, the horns to where they're at, it's just like, it, it's it's amazing. I mean, he, he's just head and shoulders above everybody else right now. So I hope that they find a way to get him the award. Yeah, and I mean, just what he was able to do from just being moved from the bench to starting, he yeah. upped his game. And, and Yeah, big time. Yeah. And, you know, 21 games started, he averaged 26-6. and six. I mean that's that's LeBron type numbers, and and he's affecting winning. So yeah, uh, I mean we knew all along what what this kid could bring to the table. Yeah, definitely. All right, the next one, Blake Griffin. He finally made his debut for the Brooklyn Nets. He sat out because of uh, injury this entire time. Uh, he was just also trying to get acclimated to uh, Brooklyn system, but. Like we said last week, Tyler, and a lot of people were saying it, 
and shout out to uh, Austin Rapbaum who who makes the great beats under all of our sounders. Uh, shout out Rapbaum and all of his music. Go check him out. Uh, he hit me up <laughs> when uh, he sent me the video of Blake Griffin dunking, and in, in the caption on Instagram or Twitter said that it was his first dunk since 2019, and he was like, "Man, you guys called it," and I was like, "Yeah, man." He he mailed it in in D- Detroit, so I mean it it was not surprising one bit that his first basket and and really it was his only basket in his debut uh, was a dunk. He played 15 minutes off the bench uh, in a win over the Wizards, and then last night in his second game for the Nets, he played 19 minutes. He scored eight points, had five rebounds, and two steals. He hit one corner three in a win against the Blazers. Uh, I'm pretty sure that they have him on a minutes restriction right now just to, like I said, get him acclimated to the system and and back into shape because he sat out so long in Detroit. But he's sitting out tonight, the second night of a back-to-back as well. Um, But I think so far so good for Brooklyn. The two games, two wins, it's – it's just all about getting him acclimated to the system now and, and really seeing that impact in game. Yeah. And I, I was, I was watching the beginning of the Nets game and they said it was due to like knee. Uh, he was not playing tonight due to like knee maintenance, <laughs> which I, you know, and, <laughs> that's and never, that's never good. That, I, I just think that's a bunch of sh- bullshit, honestly, <laughs> because I, I, I just believe that he's sitting out, you know, these minutes restriction, yada, yada, is he, you know, Steve Nash is like letting him practice with the team. You know what I mean? Like he gets a little game action while he's learning. Blake Griffin is like one of the, you know, most physically fit dudes in the league. Right. You know, this dude's a no, body. It's not like he was uh, just so, sitting on the couch while he was in Detroit. He was obviously getting no, treatment and rehabbing and doing everything he could to stay ready because no, he knew but, he was going to be moved. Yeah. And, but what, what he, you know, he might not be in game shape. Who knows? Right, no, that's really exactly what I think it is, Tyler. They're, I don't think he's in game they're, shape. They're, they're they're bringing him in slowly because they have a plethora of talent. Yeah, uh, I mean, so uh, he's in the perfect situation, obviously, uh, and I think that he really does like upgrade their team as far as like down the stretch playoff playoff wise. He's a good high pick and roll guy. He's a good small ball center. And he does, and he can stretch the court. He can shoot the three. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I like for Blake Griffin to continue on this upward trend. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just all about seeing it on the court. And I mean, listen, hey, he he looked good in the limited time he was out there in in, the, in his first two games of action. But I I really want to see it on a consistent basis. And I mean, sitting out. Uh, the second night of a back-to-back already and them calling it knee maintenance, it's like, that's not a good sign first off. And two, it's like, I'm really, like, interested to see this team as a whole once they get back together. Because, I mean, they're without Kyrie tonight. They're without Harden tonight. They're without KD tonight. They're without Blake Griffin tonight. I want to see this team at full strength and what they look like before making any judgments or – guarantees that they're going to be the Eastern well, Conference representative in the finals. Well, there's no, I mean, there's no, there's no risk with Blake. You know what I mean? He's basically just like a luxury item. To well, them. no, there is a lot you of risk I mean? with they're Blake. Not, they're counting on him. Yeah. They they have no other real I, big men besides Nick Claxton and uh, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre. And like, 
DeAndre isn't getting it done against today's modern day big man. No, no, but he, you know, he's still expect he is still effective in small spurts, and, and I mean, all the 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 real the real pressure will be relieved of Blake Griffin when Harden and Kyrie on the court. Harden oh, and Kyrie sure. are going to make it easy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't believe that they're like leaning on Blake as far as like, you know, we need him to play well or we're not going to win. They can win with him playing bad. That's why I think that he's like a luxury item, like. If he's playing well, it's just like that much more unstoppable on offense. And, and this is all the well, context. low risk, high reward. Yeah, and this is really about the playoffs. Like, he'll probably be brought along slowly for the rest of the season. Like, Nash is going to figure this out. I, I mean, I, I believe Nash will figure this out, and, and Griffin will figure this out to where come playoff time, he's going to know his role. It's not going to be too much. And, and like you said, it's going to be – Low risk, high rewards. Yeah. I mean, I'm just – I'm still very skeptical of the defensive aspect with this team, even when they are at full strength, because I – I, <laughs> we'll t- I mean, we'll talk about it when we talk about the Lakers in a little bit, but it's just like I still don't see when the Lakers are at full strength, the team beating anybody – like anybody beating the Lakers four out of seven at full strength. They're, they're, they're going to score a lot of fucking points. You know what I mean? It, it's, you know. The if they're giving up more, if they're giving up more points than they're scoring, it's tough. They, they would, have, yeah. No, I, I agree, obviously, but they'd have to give up a lot of fucking points. Well, a team that was giving but, up, you know. It, well, I was, no, I was just going to transition to a team that was giving up a lot of points over the last 20 games was the Houston Rockets because they were on a 20 game losing streak and they were in danger of setting an all time record. Uh, but that streak was snapped uh, against the Toronto Raptors behind a triple double from John wall. Um, Steven Silas after I, I hate to kind of chuckle, but I mean, I just, I feel so bad for this guy, man. It's it's been. Yeah, he got really screwed over in his in his first uh, first job as head coach. Yeah, and it's like he came in thinking he was gonna have James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and then Russell Westbrook turned into James Harden and John Wall, and then John Wall turned into or it turned into John Wall and now Victor Oladipo and Demarcus Cousins, which is not bad. But now Victor Oladipo is on the trade bl- trade block. Uh, the Rockets already traded PJ Tucker and Rodion's Kurucs to the Milwaukee Bucks for DJ Augustine and DJ Wilson for a first round pick in 2023 and then a couple of pick swaps. Um, and then Milwaukee also reacquired their 2022 first round pick from Houston. So PJ Tucker seemingly went for two first round picks, which is unbelievable, I think, given uh, really what his value is at. But his time was, but, was but done I mean, in Houston. What, what, I mean, it's just, but I mean, really, it's not a huge disparity of those trades they picked because Houston's second round pick and Milwaukee's first round pick are only going to be separated by five, six picks, maybe. Right, right. It's really not that big of a deal, you but, know, but the, the optics have given up. It does look weird because it's PJ Tucker, but right. it, it and, really wasn't like. And the package that score. they got for James Harden, it's like they could have got a lot more for James Harden. 
Yeah, no, I mean, uh, the Rockets are in a really tough place, and I, and I do feel bad for Silas. You know, Walls missed 14 games. Eric Gordon's out. He's missed 15 games already. Their promising big guy, Christian Woods, has missed 21 games. Oladipo's only played nine for them. I mean, Boogie's gone. Hart is gone. Russ is gone. You know, I really hope that they're – I hope that they're promising Silas, like, three oh, three to five years. You I, know what I mean? Like – Tyler, I, really I have a feeling he's don't. getting. Tyler, I have a feeling he's getting fired like any day, unfortunately. No, I, I, and I think that that's probably the most likely scenario, but it's not fair. And, no, and, it's not fair at all. Really, I don't see. I, 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 it really, I don't see it as being justified. He was never given a shot. No, not you at all. You know what I mean? Like the, the, he, he was never given a fair shot. This team's in a clear rebuild. They, I mean, they barely have anybody on the roster that's worth keeping. Uh, like honestly, Christian Woods might be their most promising prospect on the entire roster, which is just crazy. Yeah, you no, know, Wall, he is. Wall is. Wall is a good player right now, uh, but we don't know what's what's going on as far as like, is he going to age and get better at this point in his career? I don't know. That's probably you know unlikely. You know, Eric Gordon is a role player at best. Uh, Oladipo is probably going to be traded. You know, they're young guys that they do have. I don't necessarily feel like they have a huge potential. It's just, it's a complete rebuild in, in Houston. And I, re- I would really like to see them rebuild with si- with Silas, you know, and, and draft picks. Yeah, I mean, he he definitely deserves it. And it's it's just crazy how quickly it all came tumbling down once, I mean, like I said, Russell got traded, then Harden got traded, Oladipo got traded but didn't make his debut for a while, and now he's already well, on the block. He's sitting out tonight for personal reasons. It's it's just been a mess. These weren't just trades. You know, these weren't just trades either. They were messy trades. They were right. upset players. There was upset upset James Harden, upset John Wall, upset Boogie Cousins, like – there was feelings hurt involved. It's just been a complete mess. I mean, a disaster. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, we're just gonna like move on and, and ship everybody out. It's like they were their hand was forced, really. And it was uh, all basically front page news because of the magnitude of like who James Harden is, and, and really he was the centerpiece of, of all of the the Rockets franchise when he was there. So it's it's crazy just sure. to see how quickly it came tumbling down once once that situation started to spiral out of control. Yeah, it, it was, it's a mess for sure. Uh, and I'm real, hoping that they, uh, well, no, continue because I continue. No, I mean, I, I was just going to say, I just, I, you know, the one thing I hope out of this that's highly unlikely is they rebuild with Silas and give them a fair shot and, and see if their young coach can progress with young players. But, like you said, I mean, he could be fired tomorrow for all we know. Yeah, and I mean, with it spiraling out of control the way it did, it it's like it's really a no-brainer why Houston went on a 20-game losing streak during all of this. It's like there's just no been – No one blames Silas or the players on the no. court. You know what I'm no. saying? Like the dudes in the locker room, it's not their fault. Well, I, I don't know if I can say that. I mean, it's like they're they're the ones out there playing the game, but it's like there's just so much well, outside the, noise when going they, on. When they sign these con- yeah. Well, also, when you sign these contracts, you have a certain role in the team. Everybody's roles changed. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're you're you know you're asking these guys to you know score and and play 35 minutes and yada yada. It's like that's not really what they. What they, I, I, that's more what I meant by it's like it's not these guys' fault. These no one expects these guys to carry a fucking team, you know? Yeah. No, and it's it's uh, Tyler. It's very interesting that you you bring up that specific perspective of asking guys to do more because that that'll bring us to our lake show lowdown segment uh, uh, another new segment we got here on on the sports kingdom show where we're just going to be talking strictly lakers now i mean the lakers they won four straight games coming out of the all-star break only to to lose the next two games to atlanta and phoenix but in saturday's game last week against phoenix or excuse me against atlanta where where they tipped off at 12:30 in the afternoon on a Saturday afternoon in Los Angeles. LeBron James and Solomon Hill collided on a a pretty controversial play. Uh but I'm I'm not going to say Solomon meant to hurt LeBron like purposely, but there's been a lot of talk where it's it's another instance where the ref should have looked at this play similarly to Kawhi Leonard's Zaza Pachulia play. Uh, where Kawhi came down on Zaza's ankle because Zaza was in his shooter space. and But regardless of that, I'm not saying Solomon Hill's a dirty player or anything like that, but it, there was a lot of talk of maybe we need to start looking at plays like this where someone's diving at someone's legs and protecting the player kind of aspect of, of that argument. But regardless, LeBron is hurt, uh, and he's got a high ankle sprain, and he's been ruled out indefinitely. The Lakers, they lost last night to the New Orleans Pelicans, 128-111. to They play the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow, but Philadelphia, they'll be without Joel Embiid, and the Lakers, they'll be without LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Marcus All. So that brings me back to players needing to step up and being asked to do more uh than what they're normally accustomed to. So who do you think needs to step up for the Lakers during this period of time where the injury bug seems to be fixated on the defending champions right now, Tyler? Did I lose you? Oh, my bad. I started – no, I started – I was, like, fully into my, my <laughs> response. You were mute again, huh? Was, yeah, yeah. Love uh, it. No, I, I, what, what I think is the obvious is Kuz because he has the ability. So unlike, like I just said with the Rockets, I, Kuz is not that guy. Kuz actually does have the ability to score 20. He does have the ability to play 35 minutes. Um, so, but he's almost like, you know, you're going to need a lot more than just that. He's kind of the obvious guy. The forward, the forward position in general is really going to have to – I mean, you just lost – two of the top five basketball players ever at the forward position. Um, and you didn't have a lot of depth there because you had two of the top five basketball players there. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, I think Morris is going to have a huge responsibility on the defensive end. Kuz is going to have a huge responsibility on the offensive end. And, and then Trez. the guy, you know, I, I love him is, is THT. THT might have to end up like stretching to a three. Um, which, you know, I think he has the ability to do, but it's not necessarily his, his uh, forte. Um, so, I mean, 
it, it's going to be tough for the Lakers, man. I've been excited to talk about the Lakers because <laughs> it is just so it, it's just so crazy that how the how much the tables have turned. Yeah, with with Brom being out. Yeah, and I mean, the like, eight... I mean, can, can can they possibly miss the playoffs? Can they be in a oh, playoff? Okay. Chill, Tyler. Chill, scenario? chill, chill. Well, hey, I'm just chill. Saying, I'm just saying. When he was, you've been spending too much time okay, in Washington, I, I, Tyler. Come back, come I don't back have to LA. Standi- I don't have the standings in front of me, but when Bron went down, uh, Dallas was five games behind LA. I have the, I have the standings in front of me right now, and currently it's not good. Currently, the Lakers are in fourth. Uh, they are four games out of first place, and Dallas is four games behind them in the eighth spot. Uh, them in San Antonio. Okay. They're they're eight games back out of first place, so there's four games separating the Lakers from uh, eighth and fourth. So what you really don't want is you don't want any of these losing four out of five games, losing seven out of ten. You've got to keep the losses like condensed. You got to go like 500 basketball from here on out for the next month. um, That's going to be tough. You know what I mean? That's not going to be an easy draw. It's there's not. I mean, Schroeder is a is a capable player. Montrez is a capable player. Kuzma is a capable player. But those guys play off of other players, and, and so well. And Kuz said be, that every, Kuz, everybody's everybody's got to step up as a whole. Obviously, Kuz said that. Uh, I believe it was after last night's game against the Pelicans. It's like this team was built around Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and it's like. When those two guys aren't out there, it's like this team is a very different team. And I completely agree with you, Tyler. Kuz is going to need to step up, but he's got to make sure he's not trying to do too much. And someone who I got I got a lot of respect for, he's one of the best in the business. Uh, Laker Film Room, uh, Coach Pete Zayas on Twitter, uh, at Laker Film Room. He said it best on, on his podcast, the Laker Film Room podcast. It's the best – laker podcast out there i think i listen to it every every episode it's it's one of the best but uh he he said it best and and i agree with laker film room because he was saying that kuz might be trying to do too much but what he needs to do is to keep playing his game the the way he's been playing it but just do more of it and by more i think what he means by more is do it more consistently do it at like just execute at a at a higher efficiency, which is yeah, which has always been like kind of the deal with Kuz, like, right? And he's I mean, been a nice he's been a nice piece these couple last couple of years because similar to what we're talking about with, with Blake Griffin, it's like when you get a good game out of him, it's a fucking it's a luxury. Yeah, but I mean that does that concept I think of of doing more of what you do, but not trying to do too much. That goes for yeah. everybody on the team right now, and everybody yeah. has well, to be on I their P's and Q's right now, and everything has to be executed to the nth degree for this team to stay afloat while AD and Braun are on the mend. And, I mean, you mentioned the front court needs to step up. I mean, they got killed last night by the Pelicans' front court. The Pelicans scored 62 points in the paint last night, and that's an issue. Well, the Pelicans... The Pelicans got to be one of the top tier, right. tier scoring teams. I mean, they have Zion, so. Stephen Adams, that Jackson well, Hayes. Yeah. Like it's, it, it was a it, lot for the Lakers to handle. 
Zion's the NBA's league scorer in the paint. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it, it's, it's, he shoots like 70% in the paint. It's, but it's also, uh, we got to take into account, Tyler. I mean, you brought up Markeith Morris. It's like Markeith Morris's role on this team isn't to play 35 minutes a night, but that's realistically what yeah. he's going to have to do during this stretch. But it's like we got to remember this team is on or, – or at least half of this team is on 71 days rest. And, I mean, clearly I think that's had an issue or had an effect on clearly LeBron and AD and really other players on the team like Markeith Morris, like Alex Caruso, like Taylor – Horton Tucker like Kyle Kuzma so it's like it's we we do have to take that into account so it's it's I think on some of the other guys like Dennis Schroeder like Montrez Harrell to step up I mean Dennis Schroeder said it after the loss to Phoenix that the Lakers need to shoot more threes during this stretch they shot 48.7 percent against uh the Pelicans from three so that's a good sign um I forgot yep. KCP and Wes Matthews. They're a huge part of this, and they have been struggling no, sure. mightily over the last couple of weeks, even before uh, this period of time where the injury bug seems to be just honed in on on the Lakers. So, I mean, KCP and Wes Matthews, their jobs are to shoot threes and play defense, and not and really are, to shoot threes, it's veterans, make, you know. make threes. They need well, to, they and need so to make going it. back to your going back to your boys podcast and hit his you know his kind of breakdown of not doing too much you know what I think he's trying to say is like still hit your same spots you know right. take your same shots don't force shots because LeBron and AD aren't on the court don't take bad shots because they're not on the court like still you know still look for your that those same things the tough part about that is is it's just you know, everybody can't do the same stuff. Right. And, and it's also easier and, and, to and hit your spots game. when LeBron and AD are out there, especially given the makeup of this roster. Because it's like when you when you have yeah. LeBron and AD yeah. out there. Bingo. I mean, of course. So It's easy. Right. It's easy. And, and so, you know, as a collective unit, they need to do more. Uh, you know, as individual players like Wes Matthew and KCP got a spot up. They, you know, they don't need to change their game, but someone needs to get them the rock when they're spotting up. Someone needs to open them up. You know, like Caruso and Schroeder are just kind of 100-mile-an-hour players making plays. You know, they need to keep doing that, but more of it, you know, it's, it's going to be really hard. And, man, the Lakers are on a serious panic alert, I think, right now. I, I really do believe that you cannot have a bad month these next four weeks or it's going to, it's going to be, we're going to be sweating bullets. I, I mean, you, I completely you, you got to go 500. I completely agree that they can't have a bad month the next month, but I'm, I'm not ready to hit the panic meter like fully quite yet. Uh, I do think this team does have the chance to stay afloat. They, they have the capability to, to win games. I think, with the guys that they got, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. And I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie, but I just, I don't think they're going to really fall that much like in the standings, uh, for instance, no. because I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in, in the teams under them making that much of a move. Yeah. I mean, 
the West is so competitive that it's like, I don't know how much movement yeah. there's really going to be in these, in these standings the rest of the way down the yeah, stretch. But what, but what you don't want, what you don't want is them to fall into that seventh spot and somebody start playing well and force those play against. But uh, really quick, you know, that w- that's like worst case scenario. Yeah. It's worst but case scenario. Really but if quick, it, well, was, well, no, go. Well, the two things I was going to finish on is the, cause I've been kind of like worst case scenario right now, but the two things, one is a good thing. Like, this team, if they get Braun and AD, they can make a run as a seventh seed. Like it, it, <laughs> That's what like, I was going to get to. Yeah, all they need to do is get into the dance. Like, that's that's really all they got to do. And it's like, you know, one through eight seed, it doesn't matter if they have Braun and AD on the court. Now, the second thing I was going to say is more back to, like, the panic. I I had a high ankle, ankle sprain as a junior in high school and I was in a boot for like three weeks and it sucks. I mean, what, what happened, what sucks about it is you don't know the timetable return. And when you do return, the ankle is just so weak that it, the chances of re aggravating that injury are very high. Now, LeBron isn't some junior backup guard at Shell high school. LeBron <laughs> is. LeBron one of the million dollars on ever. his body. Yeah, so he's gonna he is gonna get the best case scenario treatment wise, but that injury, you know, four weeks from injury to to return, that's a tight window. You know what I mean? You re- like it's gonna be tough to like you really don't want bronze window extending to five, six, seven weeks. You know? No, and I I don't Which think I think it very I think it's a fifty fifty shot that that happens. I, here's the thing, Tyler to to go off of this point, and then I want to go back to your first point. I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if the the Lakers started slipping and LeBron tried to force his way back early. It wouldn't shock me. Which is, no, which is like, that's LeBron and that's alpha shit. You know, like, right. I, I'm not going to hate on that at all. Right. Because you could take a shot. You could take a shot and not feel pain, but, like, it's, you know, you're going to be in pain once that shit wears off. Like, you might be able to get through a game. What What I think is, concerning about that situation is re-injuring it yeah definitely you, know, you don't want lebron 100%. to come back and then game two game three back he hurts it again and now he's out for the playoffs well it's literally what happened to kevin durant in the finals against toronto and it's why the lakers are being so cautious with anthony davis yeah and and so anthony davis is also a big like piece of lebron's return because if anthony davis is having you know, if he's ahead of schedule, then you can be a little more cautious with Braun. Right. Know? Like, if we can get – you just need to get one of those guys on the court. I, so, like, here's my, uh, here's my yeah. thing, and I, and I have – this is completely, completely a guess and complete, complete speculation on my part. I'm guessing we'll see Anthony Davis back in about two to three weeks, probably three weeks, and then – LeBron will probably end up sitting out a total of a month. So I'm guessing we'll probably have Anthony Davis back for about a week before we get LeBron James back. So that's just me. But to go back to your that's, first that's point. A nice, that's a nice thought. Right. Hey, I'm just trying to speak something into existence like LeVar yeah. Ball did, you know? Yep. 
Yep, yep. Uh, I can't hate on anyone trying to be more like LeVar Ball. <laughs> but, all right, I want to go back to your first point about saying the Lakers as a seventh seed. Now, that's a scary situation. The Lakers, like, Lakers Twitter was talking about it last night uh, during the Pelicans game because it ended up being a blowout. So, we were, everybody was just talking about panic scenarios, kind of kind of like how you were the past couple of minutes, Tyler. But everyone was also saying it's like, can you imagine the scramble between seeds one through three the last week or two of the season of who doesn't get to play the Lakers? Yeah. No, it's going to be great. I mean, it always is with the West, right? There's always – there is always a team five through eight that you don't want to play. Last year was Portland. You know what I mean? It's like there right. are teams like that that you don't want to play. That, that, that happens. Um, and that's – I, I, I think that's the most likely scenario. I mean, I do think these top four seeds are going to be scrambling around to not have to play the Lakers in the first round because, it, you know, especially like no home court, you know, so it's like that's, that's, that really don't even matter. You know, like someone like Utah um, or, or Denver that has like, they need that, that advantage typically in years past. Well, I think it by the not, playoffs though, Tyler, I think, I think so. I think arena capacities are going to be up the bit by, by May. They, they will be up. They will be, they will be up the bit, but is it going to be the same? Is it going to, is it going to uh, give you an advantage? Right. And I mean, hey, the Lakers, I don't know. Hey, who knows? God forbid the coin flips the other way and we're in a bubble again for the playoffs, God forbid. So who knows? Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting – the Lakers season just got real, real interesting with, with Braun going down. Yeah. I mean, it, it changed everything. But – all right. Because you need, you need both of them. You, you need them both. You need them both for the playoffs. Yeah. And, I mean, Kuz said it perfectly. This team was built – around LeBron James and Anthony Davis and it's there's no secret like there's no hiding that that's that's what it is and I mean now they're not going to be out there and we we got to see who's up to the task of of stepping up and really taking on that role of of being being the go-to person during this time and I mean we also didn't really talk about Marcus all that much Tyler but he's been out for what seems like a month now uh, because he was in the health and safety protocols, and I, it's never been reported that he tested positive. But him being out this long and having to to work back up the conditioning, it, I I hate to assume that he had COVID, but I mean, it seems like all signs are pointing to that. There hasn't been an official report, but I mean, Marcus yeah. has been a huge well, part of this team it, too. No, he's a, he is a good piece, you know. Uh, but you do you definitely. You know, don't force anything with him, obviously, because I really did, like. This is funny to think about, but I honestly thought, like all along, you know, Marcus Marcus All is not who he used to be. He he can still obviously like pass the rock, but I really thought they got him just to guard Jokic. You know what I mean? When push comes to shove, like they're going to need to play. They're probably going to have to go. You know, Denver is going to be a problem in the playoffs. Unless they, unless and the Jokic Lakers can get Andre guard. Drummond, and, Tyler. It, well, I. I mean, I might want Gasol over Drummond in the Jokic category. Now, Drummond would be perfect because they need that. They need another big. They need a rim protector, a defensive rebounder, kind of an anchor, uh, which Marcus Saul, that's kind of where he's fallen off. Uh, but what I think Marcus Saul would bring is passing ability, so playmaking. IQ. And, and uh, 
And his defensive ability on crafty guys is just amazing. I mean, he plays really well against guys. He's just a smart. Like, he's just a smart know, basketball player, and he uses his IQ on defense. Gonna, yeah, he's going to see the same stuff Jokic is seeing. He's going to see where you know he's going to know where his passing lanes are. He's going to know what shots Jokic is looking for. Um, so you know that's my piece on Gasol there. Yeah. Uh, we did mention Andre Drummond. He's still a member of the Cleveland Cavaliers as of right now, but uh, if he gets bought out, uh, he's rumored to be uh, linked to the Lakers, the Nets. Uh, I think the the Knicks are possibly in on him. Uh, there's a bunch of teams in on him. We're really going to break down everything that happens uh, tomorrow on the trade deadline uh, next week on the show just because uh, it's, it's a lot easier to talk about all this stuff uh, once the dust is settled, especially uh, the day before the trade deadline, there is so much rumor uh, going on and eyeball emojis on social media. You just you never know what to believe, uh, especially in in the last twenty four hours leading up to to the trade deadline. So we'll we'll talk about everything uh, once the dust is settled next week. But Tyler, you got anything else on the Lakers? No, I think I think we got it. All righty, let's hit the gridiron. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl! Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl! It's my quarterback. The NFL two-minute drill has returned to the Sports Kingdom show. Like I said, that is uh, the segment that we got the inspiration from for our NBA three and the key segment that we did earlier tonight, but the two minute drill is back. And basically what it is, is we got three topics. We'll have two minutes to talk about each topic. Uh, hence the name, the two minute drill uh, going off everyone's uh, favorite two minutes in football. When it comes down to crunch time and a team is trying to score and they go to their two minute drill package and they only got two minutes to score. So Tyler, we got two minutes to talk about, each of these three topics. The first one we got tonight is, I think, the story of the offseason, really, so far. And that's been Bill Belichick and the Patriots and the Evil Empire going completely scorched earth. Are you, are you applauding? I'm fucking talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm applauding. Okay, so real quick. I, I just, wait, before I start yeah. the timer, I just, I'm going to say who they've acquired and then there's just this crazy stat uh that i i have to to let people know because I, i'm not sure if everybody has seen this or not but first off the signings that the patriots have made so far this offseason include tight ends Johnu smith and hunter henry wide receivers nelson aguilar and kendrick Bourne, uh defensive lineman henry anderson devon godcho i don't know how to pronounce that's a weird spelling uh and montravius adams defensive backs cody davis and jalen mills linebackers matt judon and raekwon mcmillan plus 
reacquiring Cam Newton. Kyle Van Noy came back to New England after being cut by the Dolphins after one year. David Andrews is back. The Patriots traded for Trent Brown from the Oakland Raiders. So Trent Brown is back in New England. And Dietrich Weiss Jr. is back in New England. And Tyler, did you know that in 1994, Robert Kraft spent $172 million to buy the New England Patriots? Did you know that? I didn't. That's going to be good. Okay, so $172 million is what he paid to buy the Patriots. Yeah, what a steal. Can you guess how much money the Patriots have tied up in guarantees from this offseason so far? Uh, 140. 162.5. So you were close. You were you were pretty close. Yeah. But yeah. That is crazy. unbelievable. So, all right, I'm going to start yeah. the timer now. Yeah. Ready? <laughs> the, the New England got a little extra time because it's just so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's unbelievable. But, all right, timer's started. All right. Well, you also um, – Dion Lewis is coming back. They just signed him. You didn't mention him. Oh. Also, of the, of, the D, of the players that opted out of last year, they got Dante Hightower coming back. Middle linebacker. They got tackle. Oh yeah, Mark I didn't include the, the people that are coming back from the COVID sit yeah. out. But Patrick Chung it, decided it, to retire, it, so I saw that too. What? Yep, I was going to say Patrick Chung did, uh, you know, retire. But I mean, this team is just completely reloaded. They still got Belichick. They still got Josh McDaniels. Um, they liked what Cam Newton brought to the team, obviously, because they brought him back. And they know that, you know, this is going to be a running foot. This is going to be a more simpler offense. You know, you know what McDaniels can do with two tight ends. Johnny Smith is, is what I would – I mean, I think he's a top ten tight end in the league. Hunter Henry has had a lot of injuries in his career. But when but he was out there the for the Chargers, he was I mean, effective. He can play. They've made huge upgrades to the offense and defensive line, which, you know, history shows is pretty good. They also made uh, a, a, some small acquisitions on the special teams unit to pair with the vet, Matthew Slater. I mean, it, in all three aspects of the game, this team got better. Can't forget Julian uh, Edelman coming back from injury either. It is now, you know, I think that the, the, the popular question is, is Cam Newton that guy? Can he, can he really lead this team to a win? And, and I mean, I think, yes, I think he's, he's a hard enough worker. He's a dedicated football player. He's a physical football player inside the five. He's damn near unstoppable. Belichick plays a conservative game. It, it's it's uh, it's looking good for New England, and, and I really think that this team is poised to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean Belichick heard all of the noise all of last season, and then the icing on the cake with Brady winning his first Super Bowl without him, and it's like. Belichick had to do something, so I got that in right at the buzzer. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, the Patriots, I think that they are going to be competing again with the Buffalo Bills for that AFC East uh, title. They're, they're back in the mix now. Yep. All right, second one, A.J. Green, former Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver, been troubled by a lot of injury over the years but he's signed now with the Arizona Cardinals we got another big name coming to the NFC West Tyler that's always nice to hear isn't it 
Thank God Patrick Peterson left at least. It was like an even. <laughs> yeah, like, definitely an even trade. Know, like it, it's it's just getting it, it is. It's getting ridiculous. Yeah. So all right, I'm gonna start the clock because I want to know: Can AJ Green revitalize his career? And do you think this means something about? Larry Fitzgerald's future, like, is he going to retire at some point before the start of the season? Clock starts now. Larry Fitzgerald is not going to retire. He is a slot wide receiver, and he's also damn near a tight end. Yeah, that's true. That's um, a good He's point. an excellent blocker. So, so he is going to play inside of D-Hop and A.J. Green. They're going to be the outside receivers. And don't forget Christian Kirk. So they yeah. do have a, 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 a incredibly talented wide receiver room d hop demands uh, he absolutely demands a double team like there's absolutely a safety with his eyes on him every single snap no doubt aj green has been you know banged up the last couple years but when aj green played he was a top five receiver he was that good he was oh yeah he was really like when him and when him and julio came out same year they were neck and neck um so A.J. Green is going to have such an easy job. He's going to get one-on-one coverage. He's going to get the second-best corner. Uh, and he's going to be wide open. There's just too much to guard as far as these wide receivers go with Larry on the inside and D-Hop demanding a double team. Yeah. He's going to get single coverage all night. He's a, he's, a, he's a big guy. He's a route runner. He's got excellent hands. I mean, I, I was, I'm a huge A.J. Green fan. Uh, so this is, this is dangerous. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you nailed it. It's it's the perfect no-pressure situation for A.J. Green. And as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be open because, like you said, D-Hop demands a double team. Larry Fitzgerald is a legend, and he's going to be playing on the inside in the slot. So that's a completely different dynamic. And A.J. Green and D-Hop are just going to be able to go over the top. And you can't forget Christian Kirk. is He's an emerging talent as a receiver, too. So, I mean, Arizona's doing everything that they can to go all in with this team that they have. And it's very similar to what we've seen. And really the trend in the NFL is going all in with a young gun quarterback that you think can get the job done. And as long as you surround them with the right pieces, you'll be in contention. So I think that's exactly what Arizona's doing. Nailed it. All right. Last one. Juju Smith-Schuster re-signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers after a very up and down year for them last year and really up and down two years since uh Antonio Brown left and, and Juju Smith Schuster has slid into that number one receiver slot uh the Pittsburgh Steelers fans towards the end of the season were fed up with his TikTok antics and dancing on all of the logos at midfield and all of that so basically the fans they started wanting him out after the season but he came back on a one-year deal he had some deals uh offered from i believe kansas city and baltimore maybe a couple other places but ultimately he turned down uh more money to sign for less money in pittsburgh and stay in pittsburgh but really tyler we we kind of talked about it a little bit before we started recording and i almost had to stop us because i wanted to save it but i i don't know if juju smith schuster can handle being a number one receiver and the clock starts now I, I get I get that speculation, but I'm going to break it down to you here real quick why he is the number one. Uh, first reason, okay, we're going to go two years back. He didn't have a great year as his first year without Antonio Brown. 
Ben Roethlisberger wasn't on the field. So it's really hard to, to criticize him for that year. Last year, all right, so now his second year as the number one. Last year, Ben Roethlisberger is the league leader in, in snap to throw. So, he, so he's, he's getting the ball off really quickly, which is like, like is, if you're an outside receiver, your, your routes aren't, aren't, you know, you're not, you're like breaking on your route at two seconds. You, you really don't even have like time to develop your routes on the outside. So I really do, I, I think he's extremely talented. Like he has the talent of yeah, the wide he's a, receiver. He's one. a great talent, this, but I mean, he was getting all the attention in Steelers team. I don't know. I mean, he. That's, I don't. I don't. I don't think that that's what's like holding him back. I don't think it's like, you know, not not you know not separating off the corner or or not bringing the ball in or whatever it may be. I do believe it's it has a lot to do with schematically. And quarterback-wise, I well, mean, he, it's just like... I'll give you the first year without A.B. You know, because uh, Roethlisberger was hurt. But, I mean, they started out 11-0 and this year, but he was getting all the attention, yeah, and did. Chase Claypool was, was reaping the benefits of that. But yeah. it's like once teams started to which, figure which out is, Claypool, I feel like Juju should have been able to step his game up to where he was... Like, he's the number one receiver. It's like, he's got to be that go-to guy. Yeah. And I, I mean, it might be, you're right, schematics to where they're just not running plays for him. And it's like, he might be open, but they're looking the opposite direction. So, well, it's... I, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger completely changed his game last year. Ben Roethlisberger was a hold-the-ball kind of guy, looked for the big play. And, and last year, he led the league and snapped a throw, like, throwing it in two seconds. So... And that was their run game. They had no run game. We talked about this during the season. Yeah. That was their offense. It's short It's short throws. And that's not necessarily Juju's game. Juju made Chase Claypool's rookie year what it was. All right? Oh, for so sure. Like, oh, let's be real. Juju had the coverage. Chase Claypool was like an afterthought. So, Juju, I stand by you, my guy. <laughs> I, respect you stay, I, I respect you staying in Pittsburgh. I think Snoop had a little bit to do with that. Oh, I, hey, listen, I think it's really commendable that he stayed in Pittsburgh. I mean, there was a lot of people in that in that city Yo, that he wanted him out. Went, he could have he easily went to the rival Baltimore Ravens. Bang. Or he could have gone to the Kansas like, City Chiefs and joined the like the megastar or whatever. Like but, Yeah, but 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 it's like but it's like, you know, he goes to the Ravens, they're fucking ready to roll. You know, oh, and that's yeah. division rival, so I commend Juju. I like Juju. I like his dancing. I like his charisma. If you want a star wide receiver, this is the kind of shit you got to take with it. And, and I do, you know, maybe Stoop Dog was like, yo, nephew, I need you to stay, stay with my squad. <laughs> yeah. I I'll mean, give hey, you that extra money. Hey, if, if, uh, listen, if Uncle Snoop is telling you one thing, it's probably the right thing to do. Hey, he came. He was he came up he came up with Snoop, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah. But all right, that uh that's it for the two minute drill. So let's uh let's check in with some hometown headlines. Uh another new segment we got here on the TSK show. We're gonna be checking in each and every week, uh, if there's news with the Seattle Seahawks and the Los Angeles Rams, obviously. Our two hometowns, Tyler, he's up in Washington, uh, and I'm down here in Los Angeles. So Tyler, why don't you kick it off? with the Seahawks, what's going on with them right now? Well, uh, you know, the big, the big thing for me, 
I, I did. I did not. I didn't think we we're going to bring Chris Carson back. I thought that he, he yeah, was that was a huge surprise. Huge surprise. Yeah, he was. So he obviously likes being in Seattle because you know he was a franchise tag guy. We passed on it, and he came back for less money. So that was a big surprise. That's a big win. We made a trade for Gabe Jackson, an offensive lineman, so everyone could stop fucking freaking out about <laughs> you know us with Russell Wilson, and and we re-signed Pochick, who was another offensive lineman. Um, we did lose Shaq Griffin at corner. That was kind of the big loss of the offseason. Is his he brother still part of the franchise? Under- his brother is still part of the franchise, but I don't believe it'll be for long. I got to imagine he goes and joins his brother in Central Florida, where those kids come from. Um, yeah, he's so in- that was that was Shaq a big went one. to Jacksonville, right? Yep. Okay. Um, so you know, like all the things we 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 did, I think. Uh, make our offense a little better. Chris Carson, you know, you need a run game. Gabe Jackson, good offensive lineman. Resign Pochick, another another veteran offensive lineman. Now I'll get into the kind of like the uh, the other stuff. The the weird headline to me that's kind of sticky with Seattle that you know, if you're not a Seattle fan, you're not going to know is for the last 11 years, John Snyder in every single draft we've had the minimum eight picks. So we're one of those teams that's like, we're just trying to load up on draft picks, especially in the middle rounds. This year, we have three draft picks. Wow. So this is, yep. So I think we got a second, a fourth, and a seventh. So this is, that's a big, that's, now I look for us to make moves. I don't think we're going to end up with only three picks. Um, but that's, that's something to look at. We, we have made, and I'll try not to mention Russell Wilson, but we've made trades to get better as a football team. The, the, these uh, these picks are because we went and got Dunlap last year. Uh, we went and got Jamal Adams. You know what I mean? Uh, Gabe Jackson. So uh, that you know those picks turned into good players. So the 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 void in picks I don't think is necessarily the void in talent. Right. And then the one big question mark that's weird weirdly been going on that who knows? Uh, but Antonio Brown. Yeah. I mean, hey, he was working out you know, it, it, with Russell in the backyard last season uh, when he was getting ready. And but I mean, I don't know. I think he's. I think Antonio Brown stays in Tampa Bay. Tyler, I hate to break it to you. I, I think he said no, no. I, I, I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily think AB is going to come to the Seattle, and I don't necessarily want AB to come to Seattle. Those are those are some of the headlines in the Seattle world. Um, I, I don't buy it myself, but I think well, I think overall this offseason we did a good job at keeping the talent we had and upgrading position groups like we always do. Uh, so, you know, I look for the Seahawks to be another playoff contender next year and and another winning season for Russell Wilson. Let's let's make it ten in a row for him. <laughs> All right. Well, the headlines coming out of the Rams. The Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff trade is officially official uh, now that the new league is here, or new league year is here, excuse me. Um, But the Rams made another trade with the Detroit Lions. They sent Michael Brockers to the Lions for a seventh-round pick. That was honestly a big shock to Rams fans, uh, but ultimately I think what it came down to was money. And obviously we saw a lot of teams this offseason try and uh, cut all the extra fat uh, around their salary cap. 
So I think uh, Michael Brockers was one of those uh, cap casualty situations, uh, but it's it's unfortunate to see him go. He was one of the best players I think that the Rams had on defense uh, and on that line pairing up with Aaron Donald. And he was just an all-around good guy, did a lot in the community and um, and was a part of that transition from St. Louis to L.A. So uh, Michael Brockers was was definitely beloved here in L.A. as a Ram, so it's it's sad to see him go, but yeah. And, and honestly, it, 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 you know, it's just it just happens to be the position group you guys have a ton of talent at. Right. So, you right. Know, that it, it's just as unfortunate as it is money, you know. And I think if it, you don't have Aaron Donald, maybe, maybe you prioritize him a little more. Yeah, definitely. And I think also re-signing Leonard Floyd to his big deal, I believe it was four years, $64 million, uh, with quite a, quite a bit guaranteed. Um I think that definitely also played a factor in Brockers getting traded. So, um, like I said, yeah, Leonard Floyd was re-signed by the Rams. He was with the team last year in his first year um, after coming over from Chicago. So, Leonard Floyd, he was a huge part of the defense last year. Um, so, I definitely think he he will be a cornerstone of that Rams defense this year. Um, the, the Rams, they also lost – well – before I get to the the departures, one more, uh, two more signings actually uh, this offseason. Yeah, uh, first, I'm excited about one of these guys. Yes, uh, first they they signed tight end Johnny Munt. Uh, so uh, they had Gerald Everett leave uh, in free agency to Seattle. Actually, Tyler, so you're gaining a, a tight end from LA. Um, so they had to replace That's him, good. obviously. So. Uh, Johnny Munt is now a member of the Rams, and then, like Tyler said, he's excited for this one. Uh, D-Jack, Jackpot, Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver, is coming home to Los Angeles. Coming signed, home, baby. He signed a one-year deal with the team. I'm I'm actually really excited about this signing because with the way Matt Stafford can throw the ball, it's perfect for Deshaun yeah. Jackson as long as he stays healthy, and that's – that's obviously been the biggest question with Deshaun Jackson probably the last four or five years is whether or not he can stay healthy for a consistent amount of time. Um, so if Deshaun is out there, I see him making an impact on this team greatly uh, as a deep threat, but it also wouldn't shock me if he misses an extended period of time with some sort of nagging lower extremity injury. And I'm not wishing that upon him at all, yeah. but it's no, just track no, record. At this point, no, I mean, he's in his 30s now. It's it's, it's a different game, but I mean, I'm so excited for D-Jack, you know, obviously to go home to play with a big arm like like Stafford. But, but what I'm really excited about is, like, you know, as a Rams fan, you know, I mean, you guys run three wide receiver set yeah. 95% of the time. So if he, if he can get in there with Woods and Cup, that is a very, very dangerous wide receiver core. They've got everything they need. They've got over the middle. They've got route running. They got over the top, underneath. Well, yada, you can't yada, forget. Yada. You can't forget Van Jefferson coming into his second year. Yeah, yeah. So, no, and 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 I don't mean that Djack is necessarily the third guy. I think that no, would be, no, no, no. You know, more rotational than it has been in years past. But it, it'll be more rotational than in years past. But. Uh, man, that's, that's 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 a tough guard 
with Matthew Stafford uh, dissecting your defensive backfield with those three guys out there. And I will say this. I'm going to make my one prediction here. Pick up Deshaun Jackson for week one on Daily Fantasy because this <laughs> motherfucker always shows out week one. Yeah, and he's... I promise you, this, this is my he's going to get a touchdown first game with the Rams. He's got the record for most 60-plus yard touchdowns in the NFL. So I think that's a – He's that's got a... the record at, at, a, at a number of yardage, like yeah. 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. Like he's got all – and he, he constantly lets you know about it as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if there's one thing Deshaun Jackson does, he's going to let you know what he's doing out there on the field. He takes the top off the defense. Yes, he does. Uh, But, all right, now to the departures from the Rams. Uh, They lost cornerback Troy Hill and safety John Johnson III to the Browns. Troy Hill, I'm not as uh, upset about losing him. Uh, But John Johnson III, just an absolute stud of a of a safety he really came into his own uh in his first four years with the rams and the bag that he got with the browns is so well deserved it's unfortunate the rams couldn't afford to keep him but that's just the way the business goes um but that's what happened with us and shaq griffin you know when those rookie contracts expire it's tough yeah especially when it comes to the secondary group because that's yeah. not really necessarily a, a big spending group for teams. No, no, I mean those guys are expensive. Well, yeah, yeah no. So. What I meant is they try and keep it limited to not overspending on it is what what I meant. No, yeah, be, be, yeah, because, because if you got expensive. one really right. good guy, he's going to he's yeah, he's yeah, exactly. Well, and it's like they have like the Rams, they have Jalen Ramsey, and then we saw the emergence of Darius Williams last season, and they, I believe they tenured, uh, they tenured him, not tenured, or they didn't tag him, they didn't franchise tag him, but um, they tendered him, excuse me, they tendered him. They tendered his contract because of where he was drafted and all of that, the way it, it was structured. So they were able to keep Darius Williams at a much cheaper rate than than what they would have necessarily had to pay him if he was drafted higher or whatnot. Um, but they have Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams. So it's like they were kind of okay with letting John Johnson and Troy Hill walk. Cause it's like, we can't afford to pay these guys cause they're off their rookie deals now. Well, you got a two man defense. So it's like, it, it, it's, you can, everybody's job is so much easier with Ramsey and Donald on the floor. Oh the yeah. Field, easily. You know? easily. So I, I think, I think the Rams have been very good strategic wise with their money and the players they've kept, uh, and the players they've acquired, you know. Yeah. I think banking on the guys that they've banked on is is the right move. Yep. And then uh, also Malcolm Brown, uh, running back, he signed with the Dolphins. Defensive end, Morgan Fox signed with the Panthers. Outside linebacker, Samson Ebukum signed with the San Francisco 49ers. Like I said, Gerald Everett, tight end, he signed with the Seattle Seahawks. You're welcome, Tyler. Uh, and then wide receiver Josh Reynolds signed with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, the Rams do have one more free agent who is yet to sign, uh, and that's uh, offensive lineman Austin Blythe, who is a huge part of that offensive line. He, he's been one of those core pieces, uh, like an Andrew Whitworth, like a Rob Havenstein. Uh, so I really hope that the Rams are able to re-sign Austin Blythe uh, at some point this this offseason before the season starts, because if, if we – lose him 
that offensive line is is going to have a big hole in it, and that's that's not going to be good because we need Matt Stafford to have as much protection as possible. So yeah, those those are the headlines uh, well, around the Rams. At least, at least, at least you know he's used to not having protection. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the man has never had protection. So no. You know. And uh, also, I like I like Cam Akers too with the Rams to take that big sophomore jump. I hope so. At the man. Running back position. He he was a big time prolific college football player. He was he had some he was a little banged up this year, and he played in a three running back rotation where now Malcolm Brown's gone. Uh, He's got Daryl Henderson he, he backing like him up Jeff- now. It's it, Cam Akers is, yeah. it should be Isn't the number it? one day like week one. Yeah. No, he, he, I, th- I think you you could. It's probably safe to say he's going to have a big a big jump here. I hope so. Your mouth to God's ears, Tyler, because I need the Rams to do much better than last year. It's a tough division. It is. It's the best division in football. No, not even close. The NFC West. Yeah, it's not even close. Oh. We're by far the best. Oh, I was like, wait, what, Tyler? When did we? When did you hop off this page? Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> if only we could get rid of the. If only we could get rid of the Niners. Amen to that. All right. Uh, Which is crazy because they were in the Super Bowl a year ago. So two years uh, ago now. Or, yeah, two years. <laughs> All right, you got a you got a shout out before we get out of here. Yep, I, I, yep, I got a good one. It's 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 today is the sweet 16th birthday of the best show ever, The Office. Oh, Michael Scott. So one of the best shows ever. Shout out ever. The Office on that on their on their 16th birthday. I saw some great some great stuff. They remade the Iverson step over picture with <laughs> Michael stepping over Toby. Love it. And, and it and it was great. So. No, I'm, I mean, listen, you you are one of the people that got me into the office, so that that is definitely a great shout-out. So happy birthday to the office. Um, and then, unfortunately, my shout-out, um, not really a shout-out, but uh, rest in peace to Lakers great NBA Hall of Famer and 11-time All-Star Elgin Baylor. Elgin passed away on Monday at the age of 86 from natural causes. He is one of the most underrated players in NBA history. He was the first overall pick in 1958 and went on to win Rookie of the Year. He holds the record for where, most. Where did he go to college? Uh, he spent two years at Seattle University, Tyler. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, he holds the record for most points scored in an NBA Finals game with 61 points in the 1962 NBA Finals. He also had 22 rebounds in that same game. And that same season, uh, he was called for active military service, and he was granted weekend breaks to fly to whatever city the Lakers were playing in, and he was able to play in 48 games that season. He averaged 38 points and 19 rebounds that year. Uh, He went on to play in seven NBA Finals during his career, but the Lakers never won a championship uh, in any of those appearances. He retired nine games into the 1971-1972 season because he said that he wasn't playing up to his own standards uh, after suffering a bunch of injuries later on in his career. After Elgin retired, though, the Lakers went on to win 33 games in a row that season, which is still an NBA record, and they won an NBA championship 
when Elgin Baylor retired, he was the second leading scorer in NBA history at the time behind Oscar Robertson, and his number 22 is retired by the Lakers. So uh, rest in peace to Elgin Baylor, one of the greatest players in NBA history. Unreal stats, just yeah. uh, unreal, and, and and ahead of his time. Way ahead of his time. He yeah. was he was the original high flyer of the NBA. I mean, guys like Dr. J have said that he wouldn't have picked up a basketball if it wasn't for Elgin Baylor. Magic Johnson said Elgin Baylor was Showtime before Showtime. So it's it's uh, the basketball world lost a giant on Monday. So uh, with that, that wraps no up. Doubt. Yeah. So with that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.